This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor David Kogel. Well, tonight I think I'm going to uh, teach on something that's very important, and it's how much do you know about your Bible? Do you think it's important that you know your Bible? It certainly is. And I, and I have some Bible trivia questions. We'll do something different, and we'll get to that in just a moment. But uh, it is when people ask you things about what the Word says or just questions in general about some topic, it's good to be able to know, hey, I know something about that because I read this in the Bible, and I'm able to share that verse with them or, or something that will help them. But you'll be surprised how many people don't really know their Bible like they should. And they get things mixed up. And I want to tell you about one poor fellow that had a terrible problem about the Bible. And maybe you've heard this before. But an old preacher told the story of a young minister. <laughs> he was interviewing for his first pastorate. So the pulpit committee got together asked him to come over to the church and they wanted to do a little interview and see how he was. So they asked him, said, son, do you know your Bible pretty good? And the young minister said, yeah, I think I do. He says, well, what part do you know the best? And he said, well, I know the New Testament the best. Well, what part of the New Testament do you know the best? Well, the young minister said several parts. So the chairman said, well, why don't you tell us the story of the prodigal son? And the young man said, fine, I will. So he proceeded to tell him about the prodigal son. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus who went down to Jericho by night and fell upon stony ground and the thorns choked him half to death. The next morning, Solomon and his wife, Gomorrah, came by and they carried him to the ark for Moses to take care of. But as he was going through the eastern gate into the ark, he caught his hair on a limb and hung there for 40 days and 40 nights. And afterwards he was a hungered, and the ravens did come and feed him. The next day three wise men came and carried him down to the boat dock, and he caught a ship to Nineveh. Well, when he got there, he found Delilah sitting on the wall. And he said, chunk her in, boys, chunk her in. And they said, how many times do we chunk her down? Till seven times? He said, nay, but 70 times seven. And they chunked her down 490 times. And she burst asunder in the midst. And they picked up 12 basketful of leftovers. And in the resurrection, whose wife shall he be? Well, the committee chairman pulled his chair back looked at all the fellows around him and said, fellas, I think we ought to ask him to come and be the minister of the church. He's awful young, but he sure does know his Bible. Well, they're going to be in trouble with that young man, ain't they? But you'll be surprised how many people get things so turned around and so twisted when it comes to the Bible. First of all, before we get to the trivia tonight, I want to talk about some things that I want you to think about and think along these lines. What is in the Bible and what is not in the Bible? Now, what tonight, if I ask you to turn to Hezekiah chapter 12, verse 1, what would you do? 
you wouldn't start thumbing through the Bible, would you? Because there is no book Hezekiah. <laughs> but I would be afraid that some folks may be, well, where's Hezekiah at? I'm sure I saw him somewhere. But I want to talk about a few things that we have probably heard statements people make, and we think, that, that sounds good. I'm sure that's in the Bible. One of the statements is, God helps those who help themselves. Have you ever heard someone say that? God helps those who help themselves. Do you think that's Bible or not? That's not. It's a good saying, but it doesn't go along with the Word of God. It's usually, it was attributed to Benjamin Franklin. And this saying is actually goes against Scripture. So if you hear someone say, well, God helps those who help themselves. Romans chapter 5, you'll get these scriptures up, verse number 6. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. While we were sinners, while we didn't have strength, we were in a lost situation, did God say, well, you know what? I'm just going to wait for them to help themselves and get to a better state before I save them. No. He died for us in due time without, when we were without strength. While we were yet sinners, the Bible says Christ died for us. So that, that uh, saying, God helps those who help themselves, please remember that that's not biblical. Secondly, God will never give you more than you can handle. Is that Bible or not? Now, it's a, it sounds close to a Scripture in the Bible. But that closeness comes from 1 Corinthians 10.13. Now, let's look at it. Remember the statement, God will never give you more than you can handle. And the Scripture says, there hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. And what you got to remember in that verse is that that verse is talking about sin that comes along in our life. It specifically deals with temptation to sin. Because when it's applied to other things, other areas that happen in our life, it, it doesn't apply like that. So that's why when you read it, that God will never give you more than you can handle. Let me tell you, there have people been had to handle a lot of things in the, in the Bible even up to death. And, and they, it wasn't something they could get a grip on. It was something they died for the cause of Christ. But when it comes to sin, we don't have to worry that we're going to be overcome with sin because we have no help. God knows what we're going to face. He knows what's going to happen in our life. And He will not bring us to that point where if we'll cry out to Him, He will help us. But other areas, you got to remember, if it applied to every area of your life, look at it this way. If we could handle everything, 
That would include we could handle salvation. We could make a way to be saved ourselves. If we could handle everything, did you know what? It'd be no need to pray, would it? If we could handle everything, we wouldn't have to seek counsel or even ask forgiveness. So we do have to do those things in areas of our life. We have to depend upon the Lord. God never promises there will not be trials and temptations in our life that take you beyond your limit. Let's look at Stephen. Look at the other disciples. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 37. They were stoned. They were sawn asunder. They were tempted. They were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented. The, the disciples of Christ faced all of these things. So it was, it's not like God delivered them completely out of these things, but they, they faced these things. But God was with them, especially when it comes to being tempted. So be careful of that saying, God will never give you more than you can handle. Now, another one that we looked at is someone said, this too shall pass. Maybe you've heard that. You're going through something. Well, the Bible says this too shall pass. Does it? <laughs> the Bible doesn't say that. That actually came from an NFL legend, Mike Ditka, was given a news conference one day. And after being fired as a coach of the Chicago Bears, he decided he was going to quote the Scriptures. And he said, well, fellows, the Scripture tells us that this too, these things shall pass. Well, that is not what the Scripture says. In fact, James chapter 1 and verse 2 through 4. Let's look at that. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. So it's we're not looking back and saying, well, I'm just going to wait. These things shall pass. No, I'm going to realize that I'm going to fall into situations. There's going to be things that happen in my life. But can I step back and count it joy for serving Christ? Can I use it as a testimony when things are happening in my life? Trying of my faith. It's going to work patience. I was reading... Uh, a devotion the other day about faith and talking about how we need to exercise our faith. And if we always just going to believe in little things that God can do, and then we step back and say, well, here now I've got something great going on. Why doesn't, why doesn't God do anything? Well, maybe we haven't prayed for the great faith of the situation. But we're just hoping for this little thing and God can do this. But I don't know about all of that. So, Faith worketh patience, and patience have a perfect work that you may be perfect and tired of wanting nothing. So I'm not going to stand back and say, well, I'll just wait. This too shall pass. No, I'm going to serve the Lord faithfully. I'm going to depend upon Him. I'm going to continue to pray to Him. I'm going to continue to have faith in Him. And I know that He will take care of the needs. That may not, may not end up like I planned on it or when I planned on it, 
But God is faithful. Amen? Here's one you heard. Cleanliness is next to godliness. <laughs> that sounds good, don't it? Cleanliness is next to godliness. Bible or not? No, it's not. Now, John Wesley, a great preacher, he made a reference to the expression in one of his sermons, and he said, cleanliness is indeed next to godliness. And I think a lot of people ran with that and continued through the, through the years. But if you remember in the Bible, in Matthew chapter 15, Jesus was criticized for not making the disciples wash their hands. It says, you know, it's a tradition. You, they should be doing that. Well, let's look at what really is important. Matthew 15, 11. Matthew 15, 11. Not that which goeth in the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out the mouth. This defileth a man. What's more important is the heart being cleansed, isn't it? And believe me, I, I think we should wash our hands. I think we should be clean individuals. And when COVID come along, we found ourselves washing all the time. So it is important as far as a physical situation. But spiritually speaking, we need to always say, Lord, wash me clean on the inside. Help me as I walk about and talk and that I will say the right things and do the right things and that it will be something that will bring glory to you. The last one is God works in mysterious ways. God works in, you know, that's a faith, that's a very popular saying. And it became popular by a hymn by the English poet William Cowper. God moves in mysterious ways his wonders to perform. So too often we use to explain things when somebody's going through something or a person doesn't understand scripture or they have a question about something that they don't know how to answer. What do we say to them? Oh, well, you know, God works in mysterious ways. So you just got to sit back and wait to see. Well, the part of that that we grasp onto is Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. And it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So instead of worrying about God working in mysterious ways, just realize we can share this scripture with Him and say, listen, we don't know everything God's got going on. We, we're just part of His plan. But His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So why we're going through this, I can't explain that. But the Lord knows what you're going through. He knows what you're facing. So those are some <laughs> statements that you probably heard and hopefully you won't use and say that's what the Bible says. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to our Bible trivia for the last time we have tonight. I broke this down into easy, medium, and difficult. And so hopefully you'll be able to answer all the easy ones. And hopefully you have know enough about your Bible. How many books are in the Old Testament? 39. 39. On what day did God create man? Sixth day. 
How many sons did Jacob have? Maybe that's a little harder. Twelve. All right. This man wrote the first five books of the Old Testament. You know that, don't you? Moses. What part of Adam's body did God create Eve? Used the old rib, didn't he? What did David use to defeat Goliath? Of course, a sling and a stone. How about the two birds that Noah sent out of the ark? Raven and a dove. Raven and a dove. Did you know that? You remember that? Most people remember the dove, but they don't remember the raven. What animal tempted Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden? A serpent. What gave Samson his strength? Other than God. <laughs> his hair. And of course, you remember that fellow, that young preacher, and he said that hung by there 40 days and 40 nights. <laughs> God asked Abraham to make a sacrifice to him on Mount Moriah. What was it? His son, his only son. Isaac. All right, the medium one, in what language was the Old Testament written? Hebrew. How many people were aboard Noah's Ark? Eight. What sea did Moses part to aid his people to escape from Pharaoh? Red Sea. Who were Miriam's brothers? Moses and Aaron. Moses and Aaron. All right, somebody besides Vicky answer that. How many plagues did God send to Egypt? Ten. Ten. All right. What was the golden calf? It was an idol. You remember when they raised up that golden calf? Why? Wow, Moses was what? He was on the mountain. He was away. They decided they wanted something to worship. What did Jacob give Joseph that sparked jealousy to his siblings? Coat of many colors. All right, let's move to a little more difficult. What does the word Israel mean? Prevails with God. Prevails with God. Who was the only female judge of Israel? Deborah. What are the four rivers listed as following, as flowing out of Eden? They're a little hard to pronounce. Okay. There you go. How about the musical instrument that David played? A harp or the lyre, L-Y-R-E. It's called that in too. All right, what city was Jesus born in? Bethlehem, who brought the gifts, the wise men. How about what is the eighth commandment? Thou shalt not what? Steal. Name two of the fruits out of the fruit of the Spirit. Let's see if we can name them all. Long suffering, joy, patience, kindness. Goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Who is the angel who told Mary she would give birth to Jesus? Remember his name? 
Gabriel, which day did Jesus rise from the dead? Third day. What was Jesus' crown made of? Thorns. Where did Jesus give his first sermon? On the mount. Four Gospels of what? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You remember how many days that nights that Jesus fasted? Forty. Which woman washed Mary's uh, Jesus' feet? I almost gave it away. <laughs> Mary Magdalene. What was Jesus' profession before he got started into his ministry? Carpenter. What day of the week did Jesus rise from the dead? Sunday. Where did Jesus go 40 days after his resurrection? Sending back to heaven. All right, this is a good one to think about. Who is considered the 13th apostle to replace Judas Iscariot? Matthias. Matthias. That was Matthias. What unusual gift did King Herod promise his daughter for her birthday? The head of John the Baptist. Boy, that's a, quite a gift, isn't it? Hmm. What city mentioned in the book of Revelations is also an American city? Philadelphia. Shortest verse in the Bible? Jesus wept. You remember where it's found? John chapter what? 11 verse 35. 11.35. You all know your Bible pretty well. That's good. That's good. Well, it's good to study and know your Bible, isn't it? You never know when you're asked questions. You know, and I've, I've had many times through the years someone asked me something, and I, I didn't know it right off the bat. And, and uh, you can always tell them, you know what? I'll get back with you on that. Don't leave them hanging. Don't say, well, I don't know, and I don't, I don't think I'll ever know. <laughs> but say, hey, I'll look it up, I'll find it out, and I'll study it. And uh, it's always good to get back to those people and answer those questions that they may have. But it's good to know your Bible all the time because you never know when you don't have this in your hand. And someone may need Jesus. Someone may need something that you can share a scripture and be able to talk with them and let them know. You know, I feel like this, this is our sword, isn't it? And, and we're out here fighting the devil. We're fighting these, these battles all around us and we need our sword. And if, you know, thy word have I what? Hid in my heart. And I think that works not only against sin, but it works also to help other people. That word is a, a light into thy path. So it, it guides us, it helps us, and we need it uh, to get it in up here. You know, there's so much other garbage going on in the world today. I'm glad we can take some time to read our Bible. I'm glad we, we still have the liberty to do that. You think about it. 
There are places in this world they, they better not be caught with a Bible. But thank the Lord, we, we have that privilege and that freedom to read the Word and share it with others, and it is a, it's a great privilege. It's, it's God's holy Word, and it's, it's something that's remarkable. Better than anything else you'll ever read, amen? It'll change your life. You listen to Pastor David Kogel. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.